And we are back. Devils on the Rush, Episode 9, The Fisherman here with Alexander Chavansi, otherwise known as Alejandro, uh, at the Hockey Writers and Infernal Access. Uh, three wins, another three games down. The win streaks at 12. We defeated the Separatists. We torched the Leafs. And we impeached the Senators. What a hell of a week, Alex. What would you see? I mean, we're one win away from annexing Canada, right? We just got to get Winnipeg at this point. Is that, yes, that yes. what's left on if, Canada? For those keeping track of the annexation of Canada, the Devils will be fully able to annex Canada on, let's see. Yeah, when do they play Winnipeg? I feel like that's little, coming up in December. Yeah, not December. Um Oh, man. Not even January. Oh, wow. Oh, we're going to have to wait a while. I guess that's unfortunate. Trudeau's getting a little lucky here. The <laughs> first time we can annex Canada and storm the capital in Ottawa <laughs> would be February 19th, home uh, against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, that's a while. But, hey, whatever. We we got the rest of it in the bag. So, but, yeah, exactly. here we are. We'll keep everyone up to date on the annexation uh, and the yeah, progress we'll- of that come February. Right, when the time comes, exactly. But here we are again, another episode and another three wins to talk about. I mean, it's just becoming a regular thing at this point. Uh, It's kind of scary. This might be our third episode in a row where it's been three for three. Mm, Might be even the fourth, I think. I'd have to go back and check the archives. But uh, episode nine here, everyone, first of all, thanks for listening. Um, You know, the the response has been incredible. I I do follow Alex on Twitter, so I do see all of you commenting, uh, retweeting. So thank you for all the support. We really do appreciate it. Yes, much appreciated, especially ahead of, you know, Thanksgiving coming up this week. So much. Exactly. Thanks to our followers. Exactly. And we do have a new segment this week. Uh, Alex, I'm throwing this on you. I did not throw this in the show prep notes, but we will be doing a uh, uh, what we are thankful for uh, this week uh, in in lieu of, uh, you know, for for our Thanksgiving, a little homage to our Thanksgiving this week. Yeah, no, that's simple enough. I, I could think quite a few things based on this one. Yeah, so. that list should be pretty easy for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get right into it. We had the Montreal Canadiens uh, in downtown Montreal on November 15th, 2022. Alex, what did you see from that game? Uh, so that game is kind of just basically a continuation of what they had been doing, you know, the previous three weeks at this point uh it was a pretty status quo game for them or a pretty yeah. dominant showing that we've come used to seeing this this season uh completely outshot them um you know completely outplayed them in the second and the third period i thought they even played pretty well in the first um jake allen uh kind of stuck stood on his head in the first period a little I bit was, i was gonna say i thought that actually they kind of kind of to a bit of a slow start against the canadians and vanacek was really really good in that first period and then like after that yeah they i think that was the game where rough kind of mixed up the lines a little bit to start the second period or at some point in the second period i think yeah he dropped hollow down uh yeah sharon govich up i believe yeah, I think it's, yeah, Sharon Govich, Hughes, and Brat got reunited for a little bit. And then after that, they kind of just caved in the Canadians at 5-on-5. Five five, and, yeah, that was that. They controlled that game. So, um, yeah, I mean, outside of the first period, I think that was probably Jack's best game this season so far. Yeah, it was um, a three-point game for him, right, that one? Yeah, yeah. Goal, I mean, his first period, I, I'm 
it was pretty dreadful. Uh, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, yeah, it was it was bad. But uh, I guess uh, Lindy, you know, with you know Lindy, the young star whisperer that he is, got Jack going. Um, and, and once once Jack got on the score sheet, it was all downhill from there. Yeah, I think he really took over that game in the second period when he got on the line with Sharon Goge and Brat and. Uh, yeah, a couple goals. One of them, the first one was on the power play to start play, off. Down the wing, um, great movement, got the power play going for the week. Uh, I thought this week the power play, maybe not from percentage-wise, but I did think they, they, they were noticeably better this week. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought throughout the week they played well. I'm pretty sure they had a power play goal in every game. If I uh, uh, at least one, I think this week, right? Did they well, have so one they had Toronto? one against Montreal. They did not have one against Toronto. Oh, okay. um, yeah, they did. But, but the penalty kill was—they only had two penalties in that game, so uh, I, I won't hold it against them. But the penalty kill came up huge, and we'll get to that later yeah, we'll in the episode against the Leafs. Uh, and then they did have one against the Senators. So. All in all, actually a pretty decent week for the power play. You know, uh, I think we talked about in the beginning of the season, if if we could get the power play at league average, and I think we're at either 14th or 15th, depending on when you look at it. Um, but I think at the end of the Senators game, we were 14th in the league in the power play. So, uh, you know, encouraging signs compared to being uh, bottom of the bottom of the basement last year. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think going back to like that Montreal game too. I think the puck movement and they're just the puck movement has been a lot better, which has been leading to them getting more chances, shots, and quality chances on net on the power play, um, which has made a huge difference. So, like last year, everything was just too static; it wasn't moving around. They weren't getting enough shots and chances on the power play. And it's, I mean, it's basically like night and day what it's looked like this season. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, and also, right. and, and 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 you know, I'll, I'll bite my tongue when I say this, just because the second unit did score in the Ottawa game and and got Hala his first goal. However, it seems that this first unit is getting very comfortable, and 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 you see this a lot with a lot of the the big you know cup contender teams. You know, your your Bruins, your your Lightning, um, your Oilers, your Leafs, any of these teams that have a monster power play unit where you you're seeing the first unit stay out there at least for a minute and a half or, or a little bit longer than a minute. And we're, we're starting to see that with this first unit with the Devils. I think um, they're, they're really controlling the zone. And, and it's not even so much that they're just telling the other you know unit to not come on. It's more like they've just gained the zone for so long that you know the, the zone time's uh, exceeding a minute, a minute 10, a minute 20. And, and it's good to see because we, we saw none of that last year. Yeah, there was even that one power play in the Senators game where they just had the Ottawa's penalty kill pinned in there for like almost the full two minutes. Um, I don't. And think even was, if you don't score a two minute say, shift, sure, yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure they didn't even score on that one too, and it just bogged them down. Yeah, but a two minute shift on 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 four penalty killers is is yeah, not mere, exactly. what it does to your legs and how many more shifts is it going to take you to, to recover to full strength after after being out there especially because you're depend you're defending for the full, full two minutes yeah exactly and uh, you know that just tires out a team and then eventually that carries over onto five on five because you're pinning down some guys for long shifts in the uh, penalty kill when they're already down a man so and then, um, then you throw the likes of the BMW line on there that come crashing down your throat. And, you know, one thing leads to the next. And, you know, that's why we're winning games 5-1. Yeah, I mean, they have they play well pretty much every night. It's pretty amazing uh, just kind of the depth that they're giving the Devils right now. A lot of teams don't have fourth lines that have guys who are on pace for like 20 goals and 30 points or whatever these uh, Bastion McLeod and Wood are on right now. 
Uh, it's a luxury that Lindy Ruff has not had in his Devils tenure until this season, and now he has it. So partly because the rest of the lineup ahead of him is a lot better than it was too. But yeah, now that he can actually play these guys as a fourth line and even sometimes as a third line, uh, it's pretty impressive. You know, uh, it's just there's teams that don't have the depth that can match up to that. I don't think we have a true fourth line anymore. I think it's two third lines, and those third lines just offer different things. Yeah, I agree with that because, like, it. I think Lindy will just go on like a game-to-game basis. Like that Ottawa game, the Sharon Govich Mercer uh, Boquist line played really well, so they got some good uh, ice time as well. But so did McLeod and uh, Bastion and Wood. They had a goal in that game as well. So like, you can just kind of roll out each of those lines equally, and if they're playing well, why wouldn't you? Especially if they're scoring. So and they bring different things too, like the the BMW lines. They can play with some pace and stuff, but they're more physical. They get in on the forecheck and stuff, whereas like a line with Sharon Govich, Mercer, and Boquist, that's more skill. Uh, kind Skate of two circles way. around you. Yeah, kind of a pace kind of thing. I don't know if you saw that stat from uh, that tweet from Dmitry Filipovich after I think it was the Ottawa game. He uh, tweeted the uh, the stats for like the Devils' four most common lines this season in the BMW. Ooh, I thought you were going to save that for stat attack. No, I got some other stuff. Okay, we could oh. save that. but well, of, course, um, of course you do. Of course yeah. you do, Alex. Um, the yeah, stat no, grandmeister. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll, since I mentioned it, we'll just keep going with it here. But yeah, I mean, the the line with like the worst like shot share um, is the BMW line. It's like at 58%, which is absurd. Absurd. So, yeah, so uh, it just and, speaks to like how they've been dominating teams. Even that Maple Leafs game, you know, that's a, they, Maple Leafs are good. I don't really care what anyone says. Like they're going to be in the thick of it come playoff time, and they kind of just skated circles around the Maple Leafs uh, in the third period specifically. Um, and, and that Leafs team can skate. Don't don't yeah. don't get confused about it. They, that's a, that's a team full of great skaters. Yeah, and, then, and like they might not have the depth that they've once had up front, but I mean their top six is still their top six. You know, they still got the big four there. So, um, yeah, I mean it's just really it's like you can break down each game separately here, but like they're just doing the same thing to every team at this point. And you know, I don't know the Oilers. We'll talk about it when we get into the week ahead. Maybe the Oilers present a little bit of a challenge here on Monday night. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's just they there's. I haven't seen a team right now that kind of has an answer for the way they're playing at five on five, just because they're able to attack in so many different ways. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, have Carolina circled on the calendar. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people have Vegas circled on the calendar and the Bruins. I think that's, I think that's your cream of the crop right now in the NHL through the first almost quarter of the season are those four teams. Um, and three of them being out of the Eastern conferences is saying how difficult it will be uh, to, to keep something up or how difficult it is for the Devils to continue winning like this. I think, um, you know, speaking about that line depth, I think another thing that's been a huge factor for them, especially being on the road, I think we have an eight-game road, eight road winning streak yeah. uh, as well as part of this, um, is, is that line depth. Because I don't think Lindy really, you know, cares who's out on the you know out on the ice versus the next best line granted do you want to have the nico line and and the marino pairing on the ice when when you got the other team's best line on sure yeah that's optimal but on the road you're not always going to get that especially with the line change uh last line change for the home team and you're seeing every line hold up great just to that stat that you you talked about that uh filipovich uh put out on twitter 
Yeah, and the thing about that is, too, is like, you know, since you said mentioned eight game winning streak as part of this uh, 12 game run here is that, you know, you don't get obviously you don't get last change uh, during uh, road games. And like when you can just roll out whatever line there without having to worry about matchups or whatever like that, and you can just kind of cruise like that at five and five consistently uh, makes your job as a coach so much easier. And that's you know part of the reason why they've won 12 games in a row and are looking to try to tie the franchise record here on Monday night. Oh, big stuff. All right. Uh, <laughs> should we touch on a few things in, in the Montreal game? I think we hit on a lot of the general themes, but was there anything particular in the Canadians game that, that stood out to you? Yeah, definitely Vitek Vanacek, um, especially in the first part of the game when it was uh, the Canadians played quite well in the first period. I think I forgot to pull up the stats for that game, but I'm pretty sure he made like 15 saves on 15 shots in the first period. He stopped like uh, 1.1 goals above expected or something like that. He was like really, really good, and he gave them a chance to win, uh, to stay in it uh, early. I think the first five minutes, there was a couple sequences there where I think I even texted you because in the Fisherman household, I'm relegated to the smaller TV in our living room uh, (laughs) when when Mrs. Fisherman's at home and there's real housewives of God knows where on the television. (laughs) So I think there was the one save, and I forget who it was, but – they were like in the slot, great a chance. And I VTech got a piece of it with his arm and I texted you. I was like, did he save that? Like, yeah, that I know which one you're talking about. He was kind of like down already. And he, I think he got it with his blocker. There was also this, the save he made on the one timer from uh, Pizzetta, I think, where he basically went from like more than post to post. I mean, he basically went from like, I, I can't even describe it, but he went a long way to make that save. And, no rebound either. He slaughtered up. Uh, so like, and then you know, of course, Jack scores. I think about like two, three minutes into the second period on the power play. And that's and then, a wrap. And yeah, then basically, Dougie comes down and just shelves an absolute laser. Oh yeah, good thing you brought that up. I forgot about that shot. Yeah, that thing was so ridiculous. I didn't even. I thought I hit the bar at first. I didn't think it went in, but I mean, Dougie well, knew right hit away. The bar just hit the bar inside. The, but yeah, inside the, I mean, goal. like I thought I meant hit iron. Yeah, like I thought it went off the crossbar. Um, and no, I mean, Dougie knew right away he was celebrating and you saw him do like that, like, woo, baby kind of look. Yeah, that was a sweet celebration, a little 360 in in the D zone. Yeah, that shot was ridiculous. And then like, yeah, after that it was over and that's because, um, Vanacek gave him a chance to stay in it early. Yeah. And even, and, and it's crazy because, um, I'd say there was a couple goals this week. I know the Dadnoff one and the Nylander one where, Van, that doesn't. That's not a yeah. He's not, yeah, he can't do anything. Yep, exactly. Bad bounces off Dougie in both, I believe. Um, and you know, it, it's just you know, if you don't even have those bad bounces, you got two shutouts right there. Not two shutouts, but you know, a shutout and an, an easy regulation win. So, VTech. Hell, hell of a week for him. That's two big statement games. I think a lot of people were a little worried about this Habs game as maybe being a game that they'd overlook with, you know, going into Toronto uh, two days later. But they came in there, they laid the lumber, and, and this game was wrapped up by the end of the second. You know, they get two insurance goals in the third. Um, Jesper with incredible awareness to bank that one in. And then John's like, I had enough of this, you know, and just. <laughs> 
pots it from the other end of the ice. So he, I mean, and in all fairness, John deserved a goal. I thought he played fantastic this week as well. Um, There was the one two on one. I believe that was in the Canadians game. Yeah. He had a couple plays in that game. Yeah. But there was the one where it was a two on one where he stayed with the puck hand as long as he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. That was in the first period. Yeah. He uh, was Suzuki and Caulfield. They were coming down on a two on one. And that's a dangerous combo. That's not like you got two fourth liners coming at you either. Oh yeah. Those two guys have been having great starts this season. That's why the Habs have been a a bit of a surprise team, I guess you could say to start the season. I mean, I don't know how long it will last for them, but they've been playing pretty well, uh, at least in the first 15, 20 games here. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just gonna. I was gonna shout out Suzuki. Um, I think yeah, he's, he's been really good. A, yeah, I think he's doing a great job this season, especially taking a C um, in a uh, taking the C without speaking French in Montreal is a very difficult job to do, uh, especially being a young kid. Was he the same draft cast as Nico? Uh, I th- maybe I'd have to go look. One, that one up. or two years off, you know, yeah. give or take. But they're around the same age, so. To see another young captain in the league step into some pretty big shoes there, um, you know, kudos to, to to Suzuki there. Yeah, and um, yeah, he's. He, I mean, his shooting percentage is a little ridiculous, but he's still playing well. But either way, I mean, that he had he had Caulfield had an easy goal if, uh, on that play. I mean, if Marino doesn't get his stick in there, there's nothing Vanacek would have been do, been able to do that about that. It would have been an empty net for Caulfield and. Uh, yeah, that was and we've seen him bury it a number of times this season already. Yeah, I mean, Gold Caulfield, uh, as they say. I mean, he had that uh, overtime, not overtime, that uh, shot against the Flyers the other night with like, a, what, two seconds left to win it? So, um, And Suzuki with the great pass on that, too. So it speaks to the chemistry that they've had this season. And then even later in that game, Marino uh, made a play. I think Caulfield was coming down. It was like a one-on-one. Caulfield was coming down. It was like in the third period, and Marino just kind of muscled him off the puck, and he gained puck possession, and you know the Devils are going back the other way. So, uh, yeah, that was a great game for Marino too. Uh, I thought he played really well against Ottawa as well. So, uh, like you said, you know, it was another great week for him. Yeah, definitely, and and um, I think. You know, another another great week for Dougie too, right? I think Dougie's yeah. really establishing himself as that top one D offensively and defensively. I know maybe sometimes we'd like Dougie to be a little bit more physical, but that's completely not his game. Um, he is an unbelievable skater, unbelievable with the puck, and his defensive game I think has really taken another step this season from what we saw last season. Yeah, that's the thing that's kind of stood out to me uh, to start this season is his defensive game. Not that I ever thought he was a, a bad defender. You know, I remember when the, the Devils signed him, there was this whole you know kind of thing that, I guess from the hockey men, that he couldn't really defend, that he needs to be with a defensive defenseman, which I think it, for a defenseman like him, it is definitely better to have him paired up with someone like Jacob Slavin or Jonas Siegenthaler. But I mean, yeah, his defensive game has been really good this season, and it looks like he's completely healthy. Uh, you know, no he's lingering flying in. out there, yeah. and you know, and the one thing that I noticed is is his anticipation this season has been great. Um, the amount of uh, neutral zone takeaways, or even when they're still in the offensive zone, he is great at anticipating the other team passing, and he's he's created a number of odd man rushes based off that anticipation, and and that's something you saw on that goal against the Canadians, intercept the puck in the neutral zone. Got a two-on-one, doesn't even think about it, and lights the lamp. Yeah, and uh, someone was pointing that out on Twitter. Uh, I don't remember who. It could have been Jack Hahn, but I'm not 100% sure about that. Uh, how he's 
his defensive game has improved this season. It's like, and it was plays like that um, where he's kind of making, uh, I guess, I don't know how to put this. He's uh, making plays in the neutral zone where he's like stripping, he's essentially stripping possession away from the opponents and he's turning it into offense. And that's a little bit why the Devils have been so good. Um, yeah, it was Jack Hahn. He actually wrote a article about that now that I remember on his Substack. Uh, why the Devils are so good and how they're turning defense into offense like that because they're stepping up in the neutral zone and making plays like that. And that play by Dougie is one example. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just really impressive what he's done. And he looks like he might put himself in the Norris conversation when all is said and done at the end of the season. But long way to go two Two candidates on this team. I know John's not getting the national media that Dougie might get, but in my eyes, both of them are very viable candidates. Uh, I would even, I'd even put Jonas Siegenthaler over, uh, John Marino, to be honest, uh, in Norris conversation. I mean, Siegenthaler has been just outrageously good. Yeah. Outrageously good. So, um, yeah, no complaints really from that Habs game. And then, you know, I guess we can move on to the Maple Leafs here since that was the big one. I mean, we'll move to the game where the entire hockey world was watching. Um, anytime you have a big name team come into Toronto on a Thursday night, sports nets broadcasting the game you got fridge all over it the devils go in there beat the maple leafs in overtime but i'd say you know the leafs were kind of lucky to make it to overtime i thought the devils played a full 60 minutes um they responded real quick after the Austin Matthews goal. What was it, 20-something seconds? It was like 25 after. seconds or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Brack gets there, and the, you can hear a needle drop. I mean, what do they call it these days? The Scotia Bank Center or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I'm used to it. still refer to it as Yeah, that's what I remember it as. Exactly. So, um, yeah, yeah, hell of a win. I think this was one that was circled on a lot of people's calendars as a big measuring stick game for the Devils. And in my eyes, pass with flying colors. I thought, you know, when they had that 2-1 lead in the third, they were still skating circles around the Leafs. The Leafs couldn't even get the puck out of their zone for a lot of it. Um, and then scored on a lucky deflection on a, you know, innocent shot, really. Yeah, I think that was kind of the most impressive part about that game for me is that the Devils were clearly out playing Toronto in the third period. And then, like you said, it was an unfortunate deflection, I think, off Siegenthaler's stick uh, that went past Vanacek. Um, Either Sieg- Siegenthaler yeah. or Dougie, one or yeah, the I other. But was Siegenthaler, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think he might have been right there. Um, and, and, you know, the interesting thing to note is, is they actually out-hit the Maple Leafs, which we can't say has been a huge trend this season. Yeah, the Devils are definitely not the most physical team. And I see some like people on Twitter saying, like, you know they could better oh, i thought we were gonna wait to the senators game to talk about that <laughs> oh okay yeah maybe yeah then yeah maybe we'll save it for that yeah, i think i know where you're going with that yeah um yeah they're not the most physical team but like they're so fast that it hasn't mattered so far like team like they got out i mean calgary's i think probably the most physical team that they've played so far and they they clearly out hit them by a lot but like the devil still won both those games because they're just faster um they kind of wore down calgary so, but yeah, in the Maple Leafs game, I thought the most impressive part was that, you know, they gave up that late goal. I think Nylander scored with about maybe two, two and a half minutes left, something around there. Um, but it didn't really affect them. They, they managed to at least grab a point and then, you know, Jack. Well, the made- crazy thing is, is like the Devils even just tried to almost win it in regulation there. Most teams would kind of just like, all right, let's go get the point here and get out of here. No, I, there was, they had a couple of grade A chances after that goal too. 
Yeah, I mean, they definitely don't sit back. That's the thing, and we even talk about that in the Ottawa game. They were not really, like, sitting back too much. But <sighs> They were going for blood in that game. Yeah, um, so, I mean, yeah, that's the thing that impressed me most about that uh, Maple Leafs game, and obviously they get to overtime, and Jack, he makes, like, a sort well, of... It's huge that they, won, that they won the first face-off, because that's always big in yeah. overtime. Yeah, it's Controlled all about puck, puck possession, yeah. Exactly. So, first line really didn't get much... Um, Dougie controls it for the line change. Jack and, and Sharon Govich come on. And from there, it, you know, they had one shot. And then, you know, Jack does a great job stealing the puck back in the offensive zone. Uh, it, it really should have been Jack's goal, but Sharon Govich was just there to clean it up after uh, Jack took a pretty, pretty nasty hit. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, that Jack, that play by Jack to make the read, I think it was on Tavares' pass he intercepted. And Tavares, that, Tavares and whoever he was out there with, they were out there. I think the whole start of overtime, they kind of gassed. And uh, yeah, Jack made the read on it, intercepted the pass. And then Sharon Govich, who had a really, that was the best game Sharon Govich had had in uh, a little bit there. And I had tweeted at some point, I, I don't know, like early in the third period, maybe the late second period. It's like, oh, sh- Sharon Govich is having a pretty solid game here. It'd be nice to get rewarded for his uh, efforts. And uh, uh, we great. didn't get like that much attention at the time. And then after Sharon Govich scored, I think people found it and it got it got out there. It blew up a little bit. Yeah, it blew up a little bit. But it was really nice to see him get rewarded for that game because that was the best game he had in maybe like five, six outings. Um, um, and, you know, I think he was... Was it the penalty kill? Yeah, he played a big role in the penalty kill that game, which he always does. He's kind of a staple uh, on their kill at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, him and Nico do a great job together because not only are they great penalty killers, but they, and as we saw in the Senators game, they are pretty lethal coming back down the ice. Yeah, and um, yeah, he, it's good that he followed up that game against the Maple Leafs with really another another really strong outing uh, against Ottawa. But yeah, when like the thing Alex, is, like, I'm going to ask you this, and there's only one right answer. What was the best part about the Maple Leafs game? The best part about the Maple Leafs game? Um, there's only one right answer. Only one right answer. Uh, it didn't happen on the ice. It didn't happen on the ice. Oh man. Putting me on the spot here. I can't even... It didn't happen on the ice? Post-game Yeezy interview. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Listen, I love our boy Yeezy. His English has improved so much, and he's still, like, the most wholesome person. (laughs) Speaking of him, you know, I took a... I was watching the highlights of uh, the Ottawa game uh, when I was doing my write-up just, you know, to see, like, if I missed anything, and, like, I... The, the, his goal happened, and just the way he was looking at Nico, I tweeted it out too. It's like this holiday season, find someone who looks at you the way that Yegor looks at Nico after scoring a goal. It's just well, because that was all Nico, right? I mean, yeah, well, it was. Yeezy intercepted it, uh, and then and then threw it to Nico. But you know that incredible awareness from Nico to basically that, that in all intents and purposes, that was a pass off the pads. Yeah, he was intentionally doing that. He was looking for because we know Nico now. If he's shooting it, he's shooting it high, and he's he's sniping, just like he did in the Maple Leafs game on that two on one with Zetterlin. So, yeah. unreal goal, unreal goal. Yeah, I mean Matt Murray had a really good game there, but the no chance on that one for sure. So, and then the second best part about the Leafs game, also off the ice, was Marner's post game interview. Oh yeah, saying, I saw that uh, the next day. 
Yeah, that was great when the reporter asked him, so how are you feeling on the defensive end? And don't, you know, I'm going to mess up the quote here, but basically said he felt great until Nico walked him. Uh, yeah. And I mean, if Nico put that one in the net, I'm pretty sure I just would have went streaking down the street because that was an unbelievable move. That would have been goal of the year, candidate. Goal of the year. Or like down. not even, because he just dangled. It wasn't even Marner. He dangled whoever else he was, Marner was out there with. Uh, that was when I think the Leafs were he trying to He sat someone down on that play, right? Uh, yeah, it might have been Marner, honestly. Yeah, I um, think something like it was. It was like Allen Iverson crossing up Jordan, almost like it was bad. Yeah, he just he just missed the shot, but like, who cares? I mean, the, the effort on that play was ridiculous. I mean, it just speaks to the confidence he's playing with right now. Like, he knows he's playing at the top of his game right now, and he's clearly healthy. Even after he took that cross check from Austin Watson um, in the center's game, it looks like he's fine. So. Um. Yeah. I mean, what can you say about Nico so far? He was great in that uh, that Maple Leafs game. Uh, that line just continues to roll. It's the one line that Lindy and the BMW line, of course, that he's not touched during this twelve game streak. Uh, and why would you with the way they're playing? So, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess we can move on to Ottawa now to wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move into Ottawa. This game. Um, I don't think it was close at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to to be pretty frank with you, um, you could definitely see the Senators' frustration um, come out second, third period. They definitely tried to get more physical. And as they got more physical, more opportunities came. Um, we got just a quick couple game notes. Uh, Eric Holla with his first goal as a New Jersey Devil, happy to get that monkey off his back, even though I thought it might have hit Miles Wood, and I still think it might have hit Miles Wood, but we'll go with Eric Hollis' goal there. Um, and then I thought Nate had a fantastic game. Yeah. Should have had two. Talbot stoned him on yeah, that, that was one. Ridiculous. Yeah, um, but I thought Nate had a fantastic game, and I thought Nate's actually been playing really well to the start of this season, really knows his role, and is really even showing a little bit of skill. Um, and, and, and has a really decent wrister. So uh, kudos to Nate. Um, but yeah, this, this game was in control. There wasn't a question about it. Um, you know, the, the Senators did get a little momentum with Broussard's goal, but then, you know, Yeezy comes with the shorthanded, and, and, that's, and that was a wrap. Yeah, that game was a little bit different, I think, from the first two games of the week because the Devils really came flying out of the first period. Like, they really took it to Ottawa. Uh, like, that and you were a little worried, too, right? Because this was a 1 o'clock start, last game of a road trip. You know, let's get home. We got a big week ahead of us with the Oilers, the Leafs, Sabres, and Caps. But, no, they this team really is going with the mindset, every game matters, let's get points. Yeah, and uh, I think, you know, that's probably a part of the reason why they got off to a fast start against Ottawa. But if I, Ottawa, but if I remember right, too, Lindy Ruff was saying, I think after the Maple Leafs game, that he was all, not that he was really, like, him complaining or anything. He's just, uh, he wanted the team to get off to a little bit better starts. He didn't think that they were getting off to great starts against uh, Montreal and Toronto, and you know, they heard his message, and against Ottawa... They really skated them into the ground in the first period. Did they hear his message or was it a disappearing message on Snapchat? 
just trying to, to clarify there. <laughs> he probably sent it to them on Snapchat, like, hey, boys, they you know. Group team snap with Lindy and without Lindy? Yeah, either Snapchat or Instagram. I don't know which one he's more of a fan, what he's using more these days. We got to get him on Twitter, although I don't know. We'll see if Twitter is no, still around. No, not get Lindy on Twitter. He does not yeah, want maybe, to be on that cesspool. Yeah, maybe it might not be around by the time we record another episode anyways. so Seriously, um, but shout out to Novo for, for getting yeah, those juicy yeah, that was uh, That was actually from uh, Pierre Lebron in his article at the Athletic. Oh yes, it was. Yeah. But Noel actually brought me on to yeah. the article. But yeah, yeah. Which, um, yeah, that was I. I thought it was like him just kind of joking around at first, like oh, no. But it know, seemed like legit. What else is he doing out on his ranch in Montana, sending you know masterpieces as they call him on Snapchat? Yeah, I I don't have a Snapchat, so I had no idea. But I'll take your word for it. But no, um, but if you are listening, which I hope you are, but you probably aren't. But if you are, please ask Lindy next presser what his favorite filter is on Snapchat. Because <laughs> uh, is it the dog ears? You know, is it the floating hearts? We need to know. Uh, Can you imagine Lindy was doing like a with the dog ears like filter on Snapchat? I just I can't. You put that image in your head, and you just can't. Is the, you know, it's, it's it's simple. It, do you have the dog in you uh yeah. and then it's lindy with the uh <laughs> with the filter he seems to have a good sense of humor lindy so he I, I don't know maybe he doesn't know because he doesn't use filters but i would like to know that you know it's the holiday season everyone should be in a festival questions group. that need so, to be answered yeah so yeah if, if nova if you're listening let's let's uh hear on these snapchat filters that lindy is using yeah um you happy with all three games yeah i can't like Nice to talk. Like, it's just it's it's great like yeah it's like jack said nine. we're on a 12 game heater well at the time it was nine games but we're on a 12 game heater like so i think we're doing pretty well over here so yeah yeah I'm yeah sure there's canadian nothing media. i don't have uh, anything the canadian media about. is the worst yeah actually we well, before we finish with the games i gotta talk about a Schmid, obviously in the ottawa game uh because he I was mean, my, how, i you know i was actually going to get to him later in this episode uh okay. i thought he was deserving but yeah uh unreal performance great confidence booster um it definitely wasn't an easy game for him he he um definitely stonewalled the senators a number of times um didn't let them get in the game at all i think he swallowed the puck great um, yeah his rebound control was fantastic really really good rebound control they did give up the one um you know, the one goal to Broussard, but outside of that, I thought he looked the, the Broussard goal looked weird. I wasn't sure. It if it was it up Nico. Yeah. It went off Nico's yeah. stick. Yeah. So even that one, you can't really fully put on him, but I thought his positioning, his side to side movement. And you know, the other thing that's really surprised me both with Vanacek and Schmid is, is they see, and listen, they're nowhere near Marty, but they seem to be relatively comfortable playing the puck. Uh, and that's something you don't see with with Mackenzie Blackwood. He he tends to just stop the puck behind his net, and that's it. But Vanacek and Schmid seem to be very comfortable, especially on the power play or the penalty kill, um, about getting the puck out behind the net or even stopping it before it gets there. Yeah, the, Vanacek definitely not afraid to play the puck. He has had a few instances where I'm like, oh. What are you oop, doing, oop, buddy? Oopsie daisy. Yeah, yeah a little Johan Hedberg kind of moments. Like, hey, what are you doing, buddy? But um, <laughs> Jacob Markstrom. Ooh. Oh, what happened with him? Did I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it was last night. He had a doozy behind the net. 
Yeah, it was uh, two nights ago, I think, maybe. or Yeah, it could have been last night, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Calgary. He's not – he's having a rough start. I think it had to have been last night because I think – Yeah, because there was, there was, was 10 – 15 games, right? And one game just said, on Friday. Yeah, I noticed it's Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I think, because, you know, NBA games are on Wednesday and Friday. I think they're they basically, they basically yeah. said the Canucks and Coyotes can't play while every other <laughs> NHL team in the league plays. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so – um. I won't make fun of the Canucks too much because I don't want you stealing our assistant coach, and we can get into that later. But uh, yeah, yeah, you got a you got a couple of Canucks in the the household too right now. If they're going to be listening to the, the podcast, you can't actually, so the Canucks are at the hotel now. Uh, they did oh, come okay. down on Friday because of the snow in Buffalo. Stayed with us Friday night. Last night moved to the hotel, but we did spend the whole day with them today. Um, That's cool. Yeah, so shout out to the Canucks, and one Canuck will be in attendance tomorrow with me as we go witness McJesus and the 12-game heater. Yeah, that should be a fun time. So, um, oh, play should be rocking. I'm looking yeah, forward to it. Yeah, I saw someone posted like this, the the shot, uh, the seating chart uh, on Twitter for the game, and it looks like pretty close to a full arena again, so... <laughs> Um, oh yeah, good times. Really I mean, hey, to especially it's a big week, right? Thanksgiving week. A lot of people are back from college. Um, going so for I'm some really, history tomorrow night too. Yeah, um, I love going to the history games. All right, let's get into your favorite section, um, and here we go. Uh, yeah, so let's hop right into stat attack. Yeah, so for this one, um, I had to count it here because they don't place the number like uh, numbers next to. But anyways, let me get into it first. Uh, so I'm going on hockey stat cards, which is something I use a lot when I'm doing my uh, game recap, takeaway kind of articles. Um, and I'm talking about game score here, which is an all encompassing for those who don't know what it is, all encompassing stat that m- takes traditional and advanced stats and kind of meshes them together to place a player's total value for a game. And I'm looking at the top, uh, was it top? Yeah. All right. It's the top skaters from throughout the, the league of their game score averages. And there are one, two, three, four, five devils in the top 15. Nico Heischer is third in game score average. This is league wide, including forwards and defensemen, no goalies. So it's all skaters excluding goalies. So Nico Heischer is third at 1.98. Dougie uh, Hamilton would be fifth at 1.92. Jonas Siegenthaler is sixth at 1.87. Jesper Bratt would be 11th, if I'm counting this right, at 1.78. And Jack Hughes would be fifth, 13th at 1.7. Uh, and those are your top players there. Like, those are... The guys you want to be, you want your stars to be star players, and I guess Siegenthaler would be a little bit of a surprise. You probably wouldn't consider him a star player, but you know, I mentioned before how good he's been this season, and you know he's him and Dougie. I mean, they're the two top two defensemen here, but with Adam Fox trailing them just a little bit, um, so that speaks to how good of a first pair they've been. And like I know, and Adam Fox has been on fire to start this season. Yeah, and, yeah. I don't know where the Rangers would be without Adam Fox right now because they've been struggling to put the puck in the back of the net. But yeah, he's been unreal to start the season. Uh, he's going to be in the Norris conversation with Dougie, I would think, uh, at the way they're going these two players. So, um, but yeah, I mean Siegenthaler and you know, I Marino gets like a lot of love, which he should from Devils fans. But like Dougie Hamilton and Jonas Siegenthaler, I mean, they've, they've been ridiculously good to start the season. And you know, of course, yeah, let's I don't, remind Devils fans they're they're uh, on the hook. Uh, for the next five seasons, I believe. For Jonas Siegenthaler? 
Jonas and Dougie as being a number one pair because Jonas is what we have him wrapped up. Oh yeah, right. his extension doesn't even uh, kick in until next summer. So it'd be and that's a four-year extension, right, or is it five? Five years, so six years, really. Oh like, wow! So include yeah, this the, one, of course. Your first pair D is is set for the next six years. Thank you, Tom Fitzgerald. Yeah, um, right. And you know they only got Siegenthaler for a third-round pick because uh, the Caps had to get rid of him ahead of the expansion draft. So uh, thank you, yeah, Taylor Hall. Exactly. I'm, I'll be writing about that pretty soon, actually. Uh, looking because the fifth, three year, crazy three year anniversary is coming up on that trade. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, when, like I was saying before, like you want your star players to be your star players, and the double star players have, have been stars. I mean, Nico Heischer, Selkie candidate, uh, Jack, after a little Speak bit of a. Speak it slow- into existence because, and shout out to Devil's Insider. Uh, I was listening to their pod this week. Um, you know, we're friends of all the pods that relate to the devil's hockey, no competition here. Um, but they mentioned in, in this, I, you know, and I find this to be true. They mentioned is like, once you get in the conversation, you're in that conversation for years to come, you know, yeah. Hedman's always going to be in the Norris conversations. Fox always going to be in the Norris conversations. Obviously McDavid, that that goes without saying, but you know, the Kucherovs and the Bergeron's always part of the Selkie conversation. So once you're part of it, I feel like it's almost like, you know, you, you got the past to be part of the conversation for the next couple seasons, as long as you continue to play like that. Yeah. And especially Nico at his age, I think what he turns 24 here, like in December or something like that. Right. So, you know, he's still got his best years of hockey ahead of him. And, so, yeah, he'll be in that conversation for a while. And then, like, Jog- Siegenthaler, I mean, like, last year you wanted to see if it was a fluke or not, but clearly it wasn't. And, like, now he's even added some offensive upside to his game. You know, he's never going to be Dougie offensively. Uh, I don't, it's tough. He's making to great reads, keeping the play going, pinching when necessary, but also very defensively conscious. And- yeah, I mean, he's turned into, like, a really high-end two-way defenseman, which I wouldn't have guessed based on last season. I thought he would just kind of always be this defensive, shutdown defensive defenseman. But, no, I mean, he's he's really – I don't know what he did this offseason, but he's really worked on his offensive game, and he looks like a complete two-way defenseman now. It's like – it's the perfect pair. It's a little bit like what Carolina had with Slavin and uh, Dougie Hamilton. Uh, I, I'd still say Slavin is – he's got the track record, so I would take him over Jonas Siegenthaler. But, I mean, Siegenthaler has kind of turned into a similar type of defenseman as Slavin. Um, so and half yeah. the cost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So – um, yeah, I mean, no complaints. Um, that took a little bit to explain because hockey stat cards doesn't do like when you look at the top scores, they don't put one through 15, so you got to count all of them, but whatever. I thought you did a great job there, Alex. Now, Thank my you. stats are obviously a, uh, a lot more uh, easy to digest because I just steal them directly from Twitter. But uh, <laughs> here we go. And shout out to Novo because I'm reading your tweets directly, but I think all the Devils fans will appreciate these. The New Jersey Devils are the first U.S.-based team in NHL history with a road-winning streak of six-plus games all against Canadian clubs. So hashtag Annex Canada. Here we come February. If we are that game, I want everyone there with Annex Canada. (laughs) T-shirts will get them made. Uh, Just DM Alex your size, and we will send you one. Small cost of fifty dollars plus shipping and handling. Yeah, now you'll our take next, care of that part. Yeah, yeah, yep. The fishermen's all over it. Now I thought the other one, and I thought this was quite funny. The New Jersey Devils have fifty five point fifty five percent of the wins they had last season. Yeah, I saw that. Unreal. I love yeah. it. I mean, like we were just 
awful last season and we're already past half the wins we had in the quarter of the season i think what did they get there like it took them until like january first ish to get like their 18th win or something like that something like like that it was it was was pretty embarrassing yeah and here we are approaching what american thanksgiving will be on november 23rd here and um right yeah if they get um let's say they got two games before that so they could get the 17 wins by american thanksgiving i mean that's we can have all enough. yeah it's gonna be crazy just give yeah. us all the wins before yeah. the end of november right that would be pretty nuts so all right um we'll move into my favorite section of the week and that is devil's dungeon alex Last week, you had the quote-unquote third line in Devil's Dungeon. Seems like they might have worked their way out. They did. So I have who nothing. do you have this week? I got nothing for Devil's Dungeon this week. Like, they just... There's nothing. There's nothing... What, Jonas Siegenthaler's stick for taking a weird deflection to let Nylander tie, the, tie the game? Well, I, think I, the got... Canadian, I think the Canadian hockey media gets a honorable mention. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, yes, for that question to Jack, I was thinking about saying Darren Dreger for bringing up the, the Andrew Burnett thing. But yeah, like, not pleased with Darren on that one. You know, like, Friedman kind of shot it down on 32 Thoughts on Friday, saying, like, there's, he, it's unlikely he leaves in the middle of the season. You know, next summer could be a different so- story, but, like, he doesn't think it's going to happen in the middle of the season, and he said the Canucks haven't even asked for permission to talk to him yet. So, um, I mean... All right, I so it. no one from Alex. Yeah, I got nothing. Well, I got one for us just because we need to fill the segment. So, and this is more of a team performance stat, but against the Canadians, they were only 45% from the face-off dot. Against the Maple Leafs, they were 40% from the face-off dot. And from the Senators, they were 41% from the face-off dot. Now, I know they won these games in pretty convincing fashion outside of the Maple Leafs game, but that 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 does need to improve on a team basis. Um, I think winning face-offs is hugely important, uh, especially down the stretch when you're playing meaningful games. Uh, I know Nico and Hala and McLeod are all supposed to be great face-off, and they, and they have been for the most part this season. I think, obviously, Jack's the weak link there. But, uh, you know, small gripe, but a gripe that needs to be heard because I think that is a very important stat as, we, as, as this season continues. Yeah, and they still won three games, which so it's like we're really nitpicking here. We're really struggled to find things for Devil Dungeon the last few weeks. Try to get used, you know... Maybe this Gotta week keep them can... honest, though. Gotta keep them honest. I know, I know. You know, four games and six nights this week, maybe something will pick up. That's a busy week. Maybe we'll have a little more for Devil's Dungeon next time around. But, yeah, we're really... Yeah. We, we're really... We're, cutting a, we're all cutting a fine line here to find stuff for this segment. Yeah, well... I might have a den- Devil's Dungeon after Thursday, but... Uh, <laughs> I might, might have to take that one offline. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we won't share what what happens. What happens offline stays offline. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so we'll wrap up Devil's Dungeon there relatively quick. And hey, great, great. I know we're nitpicking yeah. at this point, but uh, something that caught my eye that uh, I thought I'd bring up. Now, three stars of the week. This is getting increasingly more difficult with the outstanding performances up and down the lineup. But Alex, who who do you have? Yeah, so I'm going to go, uh, third star, I'm going to go with the tandem of Vanacek and Schmid because they both deserve some credit here. Uh, not some, they both deserve a lot of credit in Vanacek for the two starts early in the week. Uh, obviously, we talked about how well he performed against Montreal. 
And he was also really good against uh, Toronto. There wasn't really anything he could have done about either of those goals. You know, Matthew's goal just came off a perfect pass from Michael Bunting. And then obviously we talked about Nylander's, you know, getting a little bit of a lucky deflection there too. And then Schmid obviously was great against Ottawa. Uh, and, you know, I mean, with Schmid, I think is up to like a 940 save percentage in his small sample size with the Devils start the season. looks like a totally different goalie. So get him some love. And, and that gives you confidence going into this week where you got four games. Most likely you'll yeah. see Schmid on Friday against the Sabres. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Is, is what I'm thinking, uh, bearing any uh, injuries. But, yeah, sorry, continue. Yeah, and so, yeah, that's third star. Uh, second star, I got to go with my boy, Yegor Sharangovic. Yeah, Easy. Been, yeah, had been struggling a little bit coming into this week, but uh, even in that Montreal game, uh, you know, so-so, but, like, against Toronto and um, Ottawa, he was really, really good. And, you know, he's on pace for I saw an elite prospects. It's a good place to just quick uh, quickly check some projections. He's on pace for like 23 goals and 41 points right now. If he's going to be consistently playing like a middle six role this season, that's perfectly. It's really, you want that in the middle six role. So um, he tends to start his season slow. I don't know. I mean, this is the third season in a row. He's had a little bit of a slow start. So that just c- could kind of be a thing with him at this point. But five, but five goals isn't even that bad for a third line winger. Like that, yeah, like no, I that's take what that. I'm saying. Like he's on pace for 23 goals. So it's like that's pretty solid. So, and um, and they've consistently third lines, I think, consistently got the least five on five minutes. Uh, yeah, I would say probably until at least that uh, you know the uh, the Ottawa game. So yeah, they uh, played a lot in the Ottawa game because they were controlling play and dictating yeah. it. But I think leading up to that, they probably had the least amount of five on yeah, five. Yeah, I'm minutes. pretty sure the BMW line was getting you know more minutes than then. Uh, and so yeah, that's second star to Yegor, and then uh, first star I gotta go with. Uh, I yeah, I'm gonna go with Dougie because Dougie, mostly, teach me. Honestly, it's mostly for that goal against the the canadians but i mean he's playing like when i mentioned that game score stuff before he wasn't in the top 10 uh before the week started and uh, he was inching there he was getting there but um now that he's cracked it and he's like i think top five i still got it pulled up here is he in the top five yes he is he's top five league wide among forwards and uh defensemen now uh so, like he's you know he, he's i mean what is there to say about him he looks like he's he, He's living up to the $63 million contract. Let's put it that way. So, yeah, I mean, when you got him uh, an elite defenseman playing like that as one of the best, you know, blue liners in the league, uh, you got to get some recognition. I haven't given him a star yet, which I don't, you know, I, I got to make up. Well, for I mean, that. that's, that's just your fault. But, exactly. Um, that's what, yeah, the, but I think there was also another big reveal this week with Dougie. Oh, yeah, that he's the team admin. That he has the best social media account in all the NHL. So uh, I think first star is definitely deserving for Douglas. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> uh, my three stars, I think, you know, I think you're right. I think the goaltending tandem will get my third star. I was leaning just giving it towards Schmid, but I mean, it's tough because Vanacek was incredible in in that in both the Toronto and, and Montreal game. So, yeah, the, the goaltending tandem, I'm right there with you with the third star. Um, I think the second star of the week is going to be my boy Nate Bastion. I That's think he flies a little bit under the radar. Uh, I think he's had a great start to the season. He provides a lot of physicality that um, this team does lack at points, uh, and he's scoring, uh, which is yeah. crazy. So, yeah. um, you know, shout out to Bate, Nate. And he plays a lot of the tough minutes too. He plays the penalty kill. He's always out there in the last two minutes of a game. He's always sacrificing his body to block a shot 
or diving on the ice to get the puck out of the zone. So he, he definitely deserves that recognition in my eyes. Yeah, that, that's like you said, he does go under the radar a little bit and would have had two goals, like you said earlier, against Ottawa if it wasn't there for that insane save uh, by Cam Talbot. So, yeah, let's give Nate some love because, you know, the players like him, they don't always, they're not going to get all the recognition all the time. So, yeah, and then I think I'm going to give my first star of the week to Lindy uh, and the coaching staff. I think they have done a great job this week. Uh, juggling the lines a little bit to get the spark needed. I think there was, a, you know, periods, um, you know, the first period of the Montreal game where they were a little flat, he made the line adjustments. Uh, and similar throughout the week, he stuck with some of those line adjustments or just tweaked a little bit. And I think it's exactly what the team needed. Um, so shout out to Lindy. Uh, give credit where credit's due because I think those line adjustments, albeit were pretty small, but definitely needed. And I think they provided the spark to the lineup um and, and continued this win streak yeah i mean hashtag sorry lindy right hashtag sorry lindy i uh, love how that got picked up on like every national media yeah. podcast or radio show um so keep keep the good times rolling yeah. and with that that's the three stars of the week all right now alex let's get into a new section and uh a section that will only happen once a year so alex what are you thankful for Oh man, where do I start here? Um, I mean, and you only get one answer. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. You don't want to put too many things here. What am I thankful for? I'm thankful for Tom Fitzgerald sticking to his guns and not kind of like straying from the plan that he had it in mind when things you know didn't go as planned a year a season ago. Uh, you just you know, he stuck with it a lot like what Tampa did uh, after they got swept by Columbus that one year in the playoffs. They just stuck with it, and they became a wagon, and they went to three straight Stanley Cup finals. So. Well, to be fair, they were a wagon that yeah, season. But like, yeah, that's true. That was the best season that's in league history. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, let's but, stick with that. Okay, yeah. huge decision. Yeah, but no, that's like, saying, like you know, they were ridiculously good in the regular season, and they just got – pushed off the ice against Columbus and they didn't like panic or anything like that. Like obviously devil's a little different. They were really bad 16, last season. 63 points last yeah, like, season. Pretty terrible. Um, and like <laughs> Tom stuck with it. I don't know if that's good or insanity, but kudos to him. No, I mean, it definitely is good. Cause like, you know, they realized what the issue was with the team. It was goaltending. It was definitely goaltending. I mean, this team was there, and they were bubbling up towards the surface towards the end of the last season. Yeah, and, sure. like, they, they obviously have changed a little bit the way they're playing in front of their goalies because life has been a lot easier for their goalies this season. Um, but, like, I mean, the general idea was, like, just get somebody who will make, you know, stops. And, like, Vanacek has been much better than league. Like, the league average right now is, like, 901 or something like that. And, like, Vanacek's at 916. And Schmied looks and like that's even right like those straight. two games that dragged him down. Um, really, the Red Wings game to start the it was season. The Red Wings game, but then also the game he came out in. Um, what game did he get hurt? Was that the Senators game? Yeah, that was the first Senators game where Schmied came so in. He, yeah, so he didn't get the full game there. So I think his stats took a little bit of a hit. Um, n- you know, no fault of his own, but I, you know, if you only play half a game, I think your stats take a little bit of a hit. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i just thankful that Tom Fitzgerald didn't, like, kind of do any, like, panic stuff, you know, this offseason. is like, he just kind of was like, all right, well, I'm going to go get John Marino. I'm going to go get Andre Palat. And I got Vanacek as a goalie. And I'm going to um, turn this team into a wagon. Here we go, yeah. baby. 
Yeah, like he didn't blow up anything. He he kept like pretty, he kept the core in place from a season ago. Um, so yeah, I'm thankful for Tom Fitzgerald for sticking with his vision and look at the results now. I mean, like they're like a 98 percent. Their playoff odds are like 98 percent heading into Thanksgiving week here. So incredible stuff. You know, I probably would have went with Fitzgerald if you didn't, but uh, for me, definitely going with Nico. Definitely thankful for Nico. Yeah, I was His thinking team, about him. What was that? I was thinking about him too. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, it, it's those two right now for me. I think Nico's taken a step in leadership. I think we heard that quote uh, from Tom where Nico used to always ask the veterans how to reply, and now he's he knows how to reply to a lot of the questions that Lindy's asking him, Yeah, um, which you love to see. I think he's definitely the voice in that locker room. He He owns that locker room, and he's owning the play on the ice his confidence. I think the league's taken notice. Like Nico's got moves. He's just not a gritty third line center. Sorry for bringing it up, but he has taken a next step that I think a lot of us devils fans were hoping to see. And the league really didn't know. Um, but now they know. Um, yeah. So yeah, Nico, I'm thankful for you. You've done everything this season, full 200 on and off the ice. So Thankful for Nico, he's sure my captain. Yeah, I mean he's he's on like you said the league is aware now, and we can thank Jeff Merrick a little bit for that too. Just he's kind of been beating the drum for the Nico. Uh, he sure uh, sucky beating campaign. the drum, taking ads in the newspaper. Yeah, you know, Doing whatever planes with yeah, the banner like, behind it. You know, Jeff Merrick, he's got like one of the biggest voices in hockey media. So like, you know, he keeps doing that and people are going to pick up on it. And I mean, when the, the team wins 12 games in a row, people are going to be like, what's going on here? And they're going to see, oh, Nico's playing really well in these games. What are they like 13 and zero when he has like a point or something yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah it's so. just absurd. So, yeah. All right. Uh, and, and that's kind of crazy too, that they're 13 and zero when he gets a point and they've played like 18 games. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> right. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, all right. Now let's let's look at the week ahead. Busy week ahead. Uh, not only is it Turkey Day here in the states, but the Devils have four games ahead of us this week, um, and they are going to start with the Edmonton Oilers tomorrow night, and then they have the return of the Leafs play the Sabers for the first time and get a rematch with a Capitals team that seems to be quite hurt at the moment uh, and getting a little bit suspect goaltending, which is kind of ironic. Now, right. W- w- I hate to say it, but and, and first of all, CJ, what was this tweet before the Leafs game? Well, you know, <laughs> basically front running a loss. I first of all, I got to call you. I've never met you, but I got to call you out for that because come on, don't don't like oh yeah, then turn around. And, I told you so type of thing. No, that was crap. You doing the reverse jinx. Yeah, Stupid. the reverse jinx. Yeah, the, don't don't bring any of that juju here. Bayless um, reverse jinx. Yeah, exactly. Um, but with that being said, I I could see very possibly the win streak come to an end this season. It's a packed week. Uh, a lot of good teams on the schedule, and the Devils boogeyman to 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 end the week with the Capitals. Yeah, I mean they're gonna lose a game. At some point. And at some like, point. I just don't want it to be tomorrow when I'm there. Yeah, of course. I want them to at least tie the record as well, get the 13. I would like to see that. Uh, and I, I'm i not really keeping tabs on the Oilers too much these days, but I think they are slumping coming into this game a little bit. 
Well, uh, one of their top six forwards is out um, with the scary injury, and right, and Amanda it looks Kane, like their goaltending yeah. has kind of come off the rails. Uh, yeah, Campbell's been don't... struggling since the start, and yeah, I would assume Skinner got off to a really good start, but his numbers were a little bit unsustainable, so I'm sure he regressed a little bit. Yeah, um, and they just don't have the forward depth, to be frank. Right, especially with Evander Kane out. Um, you know, that, that's a tough one when your forward depth is struggling. Cool, the REV has had a terrible start to the yeah, season. Yeah, he's, he's been, I, he needs a change of scenery. So, um, Just don't yeah. come to Newark. Um, well, <laughs> there's some people who are going to be listening to this. that they, They're not going to want to hear that. So, um, well, I, Listen, Alex, I saw you wrote an article or two this summer about uh, Jesse coming down uh, Broad Street in Newark. Yeah. Yeah, I thought of you mean as potential. You know, they wanted some size and scoring upside. I could you could have seen him as a target, but yeah, I mean he's maybe it's just not a fit in Edmonton at this point. But uh, yeah, I mean the Oilers are kind of struggling coming into this game a little bit, so it's going to be interesting to see how they did they, win last night. Though I think they won in OT. Um, yeah, I mean I'm going to just hop on NHL.com a little bit too quickly here just to see what they're doing over the last 10 games but i know like some of the oilers writers at the hockey writers have been writing about stuff how they're just kind of not playing too well right now um so that's kind of what i'm basing this off but regardless you know the devils have a target on their back now so every game in their last 10 so yeah yeah. and and the oilers are probably going to want a little revenge after going in there and beating them uh, they blew it that game. Well, that was the game. They were up three one. The Devil, or the Oilers were up three one, right? And the Devils came. And then back. Jesper and Ryan Graves just pulled off miracles. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, interesting week ahead. Busy week ahead. I'm excited for four what seem to be great games. I'm excited to see the Sabers firsthand. I know yeah. they are on They've somewhat of a bat. Yeah, struggling now, but they had a great start to the season. So I'm excited to see them. Uh, Darlene has been on a tear. He's been fun to watch. Um, yeah, it should be a fun week. But, you know, as you said, the re- winning streak's going to come to an end at some point. And to be fair, I probably think it happens this week. Yeah, I was just like four games in six nights is just tough. Like, even when you're Especially rolling. Especially being on the road the whole past week. Um, yeah, like, I, yeah, I could even see them. I mean, they were in Eastern Canada, so like the time zone, not as bad as Western Canada, but obviously. But, um, like, you don't have to deal with the, the recovery could be a little better, I guess, but. It's a short turnaround. I mean, you're going from a Saturday afternoon game right Monday. It's not like you get the two days off. Sometimes you get from a Saturday to a Tuesday. Yeah, but that's four game. That's four games in six nights. But then that's also five games in eight nights. Which yeah, is what you have. Yeah, so it's good that they they have some confidence. I mean, no reason to not have confidence in going to Schmied for a game at this point. Uh, at least you can. You know, take care of that back to back with uh, splitting between him and Vanacek. You might even see Schmid in the Rangers game, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I will be at that game on Monday night. So twenty eighth. Um, okay, you'll be there yeah. for the twenty eighth, and then yeah. I'll be there. For You're going twelfth. Twelfth, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I'll be there the twenty eighth. I will be trekking into enemy territory, as they say. Well, but, I was supposed to be trekking into enemy territory on the third in Philadelphia. However, uh, Mrs. Fisherman has her office Christmas party that night, so I've had to give away my tickets. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, oh, it's quite unfortunate to say the least. <laughs> I won't go into it more than that, but yeah, that, I'm sorry to hear the, the bad news. That's what that was a conversation that was had last night. Um, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yep. So um, there you yeah, go. We, yeah, I, I just see the look on your face, so we won't we'll, we won't belabor it. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, the thing about this week is, too, is like, yeah, it's busy, but the Devils are playing a couple teams, or more than, Leafs are playing well, but, like, the Sabres got an eight-game losing streak here. The Capitals are banged up, and, like you said, the goaltending has not been good. Like, they may lose a game for sure, but, like, it's, could they win three out of four? I could see that, too. Uh, and just the way the ha, ha, hot the Devils are coming into this. You never I mean, know. honestly, the game that scares me the most is probably the Sabres game. I'm not even so sure. I mean, the Sabres do have to... If they come into that game, uh, that Sabres game... If the Sabres come into that game still on, like, a 10-game losing streak or whatever they have beforehand, I mean, they got to win at some point, too. I just see it as a game that they're overlooking. They got the Caps the next night. The Sabres have been pretty bad. Maybe they overlook it type thing. Um, I think they're definitely going to be up for the Edmonton and Leafs games. The Rocks can be packed. Um, I think the Devils love now that the crowd's starting to show up. Yeah, I, I think Nico no mentioned it after their last home game. Yeah, I have no concern about those two games. And watch, they'll go and lose the game tomorrow. But for me, it's that Sabres game that that really makes me nervous. Yeah, the Caps game too, just because given the you know, the track record, I know the, the Caps. Man. Yeah, the Caps are not what they used to be. It kind of looks like they might be cooked. To be honest, like I'm not even sure they can get back into the playoff picture in the Metro. But I um, mean, yeah, just given the history of the Devils, like the last few seasons, they just kind of had a tough time beating them. They got, you know, 5-1 thrashing already to the Capitals earlier this season. Uh, it was more so maybe because Blackwood did not play well that game, but you know, 5-1 loss. That second period got out of hand real yeah. quick. Yeah, but eh, hey, since then, they haven't lost. So, um, yeah, it'd be an interesting week. I mean, it's good. It'd be interesting if the Caps are the bookends of the, of the win streak. Yeah, wouldn't they have? It would be kind of fitting in a way, just given the really way the would. Devils have played against the Caps. So that would be imagine. So that if let's say they are the bookend to the streak, what would that be? make it a fifteen-game winning streak, right? And that's the record. Yeah, that's the record, and I think they'd be like too short. Uh, that would make them like too short of the NHL record. I think at the it's seventeen. Well, games if they're too short of the NHL record at that point, let's just beat the doors off the Caps and and then make the Rangers the doors the doormat for uh, the Six, the record setting make- night. Yeah, that would be six. Uh, so the Rangers would make it. 17. Oh, yeah, that would be that. They would. T- oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Let's go for 4 4 this week since I'll be at that game. That'd be. Yeah. Let's actually, go. Here we go. Anyway. Keep the good times rolling, baby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the holidays. Yeah, keep the good spirits going. Um, um, so, yeah, it should right. be fun to make a lot of hockey for fans who are, you know, taking time off for the holidays. So that should be good. Definitely. And, and the one thing I wanted to hit on um, Alex and I most likely will be recording next Sunday. Um, there will be a new. Uh, guest um we'll see how that guest uh, gets along with our first guest uh because we are bringing an additional uh cat into the household next saturday okay so lucille will have a sister Um, all right good for lucille she already made one uh, appearance on an episode earlier so you know we might have to get angry this might be an angry like confessional type appearance come sunday you know she doesn't know her whole world is about to be turned upside down i mean you know whatever if she needs to vent to us and the fans that's fine yeah yeah so (laughs) all right uh also next sunday we will do a mailbag so uh, throughout the week, and Alex will get this out on his Twitter, but if you do have questions, please submit them to Alex on Twitter. Alex, remind everyone where they can submit those questions. Right. Alex, my Twitter handle, if it still exists by the time we're recording next week, is at Alex C underscore THW. And on Instagram, uh, they can submit questions there as well? 
yeah, I mean, I don't, I only got like 200 followers on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, my Instagram is at Alex underscore has underscore an an underscore insta i probably got to change that now so i'm using it for hockey a little more originally an inside joke because it took me like 80 years to get an instagram i was like the last of my friends to get an instagram but uh, you got an instagram before i got a twitter so it's true i did i i think i'm about a year and a half around on instagram at this point i mean and since elon musk is kind of running twitter into the ground what a decision that turned out to be so and uh-huh. can they? Uh, uh, and I guess you could also DM the show handle as well. Yeah, the Devils uh, on the Rush handle is at NJD. Is there an underscore in there? I don't even know. There must be. You created it. You run it. So yeah, I'll read that one to you. Let me pull up the Twitter quickly here. Um, the Twitter handle is yeah. So our our podcast uh, account is at NJD underscore on the Rush. All right, so submit please submit questions. I will be tweeting it out through the week. So Yes, Alex will be tweeting. And listen, they don't have to be exclusive devil's hockey questions. If you have – Think about it. Think of it as like an AMA type of kind of thing. So you If know, you have questions, like, we will answer them. Uh, yeah. If you're having relationship troubles, sure. Okay, well, hold on. Hold on. We're not Dr. Phil here. Okay, okay. Maybe one. Maybe one relationship question. Okay, we'll see. fine. Well, you know, actually change that. It's the holidays. If people, you know, the holidays can be kind of depressing for some people sometimes. So you got issues going on. Just send them our way. We'll do our best. Yeah, we'll do our best. So uh, with that, um, I think that's a wrap. Episode nine in the books. Another successful week. Oh, Alex. Uh, you are we going to do thing? a little World Cup stuff? I think we Ooh, talked about yes, that, right? yes, yes, yes. Right? All right. World Cup predictions, Alex. Who are your two finalists and then winner? Yeah, so I haven't looked at like the bracket and how. Yeah, no, I just everyone. This is a caveat without looking at brackets, standings, whatever. We're picking two teams, and that's it. Yeah, so I am French and Dutch on my dad's side of the family, so I would love for one of those teams to make it to the final. Uh, I mean, France talent wise, they got it, but they're they're banged up right now. Kareem Benzema, he's going to be out for the tournament with a thigh Pogba's injury. out. The other, Pogba's the others out. out from uh, the Red Bulls. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, I forget his name off the top of my head. And but. And, uh, and the defenseman from PSG too. Uh, my brother Kipembe would know. or whatever. His yeah, Kimpepe, Kimpepe or whatever his name is. Yeah, they're banged up right now, so I think, it, and they've been kind of in disarray in their international friendlies and stuff like that. So, uh, a lot of people seem to like Argentina and Brazil as a uh, you know the two favorites. I think to win this tournament, I would love to see Messi. I mean, this is it for Messi. He's what 36 years old. Like. I, you know, he could be around, I guess, for the next World Cup, but I would love to see him get it. And uh, I think I'm just off that. I'm going to go with Argentina to win it. Uh, they seem to have a good young team besides from Messi. It's not just Messi anymore. So um, I would take Argentina and, oh, man, I like Portugal. They have a young team, but like the whole Ronaldo thing too, it's just not what it used to be. I would go with Argentina and Brazil as my two finalists. I don't even know if that's possible, but... Sweet, um, you just picked Gonzaga and Duke. Um, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did, but no, that's fair. I think that's fine. I, I really like Argentina as well. I'm going to go with an Argentina Denmark final Ooh, with Denmark. Argentina winning. And, and the thing I like about Denmark is they're not your flashiest team by any means. No. Um, but they've been a team that's played together for a while. A lot of veteran leadership on that team. 
and I think we can all agree World Cup soccer is a little bit different than watching the Premier League. And yeah, it's not 100%. always about who has the most stars as it is more about who has the most co- cohesive unit and defensively sound unit. And Denmark definitely has that. Um, obviously, you know, great goaltender in Schmeichel, uh, Ericsson in the midfield, uh, great back line. Um, that young striker too. Who's supposed exactly. To be really so for me, I think I think Denmark's going to make a run here. Um, yeah. Were they and, in the semis at the Euros? Yeah, 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 they did make it to the semis in Euros. So I think Denmark definitely have the caliber. Uh, I think they have the squad to do it. But I ultimately, I think Argentina will win. But for me, I'm penciling Denmark in the finals. All right, that's a good one. I'd like listen. I love when the smaller countries make a run at these tournaments. I mean, Croatia was in the final last time against you know my Frenchies, so it was cool seeing like Modric and um, um, uh, so for our li- so for our listeners, I do throw a World Cup finals party every World Cup finals, and we get food and drink from the two countries in the finals. So you know, selfishly, I always hope for uh, quite uh, cuisine. Uh, yeah, you want some good food. You don't want some. Exactly. I mean, Croatia was a little difficult, uh, but we did find a Croatian brandy, and they're very seafood heavy. Um, so the Croatian brandy was f- uh, flowing that day. I feel like Denmark with... could be a little difficult to find. What, Danish food? Yeah, it's probably like a lot of pickled or I would imagine it's not too different or something like, like that. You can't be too different than yeah, that. Yeah, that Nordic cuisine uh, escapes me a little bit, but I'll do my research and make sure that uh, – we have some uh, some delicious Danish food. Right. Yeah, that sounds good. That's an interesting. I wouldn't have guessed Denmark. I hope but you'll they be are there, good. Alex. I hope you'll be there. I yeah. Well, the finals were like December eighteenth, right? December eighteenth, ten a.m. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know, hey, listen. Especially if France is there, I'll be in my. I'll I'll be showing up in my French jersey. So. Well, you better bring a few croissants. All right. With that, that is episode nine for the second time. That is a wrap. We are in the books. Excited for the week ahead. Fisherman will be at the game on Monday. Come say hi. Alex, you going to any games this week? Uh, unless it's last minute, I don't have tickets for this game uh, this week right now. All right. Fantastic. Well, we hope everyone has a happy and healthy Thanksgiving Um, Please eat all the turkey and take a great big nap after. And with that, go Devils. Go Devils and happy Thanksgiving, everyone.